welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset, where we create Catholic content for Catholics. Today, we're getting a high-level overview of the Catholic publishing space. Therese Brown, Executive Director of the Association of Catholic Publishers, joins us today. She's going to tell us all about the association and what they do. Terry, thank you for joining us on the show. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Alejandro. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I was doing some research. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine regarding books and publishers, and I went online and I found you and I called you. We spoke and now mm-hmm. we're doing a show, which is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful. I really am. This is doing conversations like this is such a part of my job because most Catholics in the pews, they they think about the one or two Catholic books they have on their bedside table or in their, you know, on their bookshelves. And that's all they know. And there's just so much more, so much more. I'm excited. I'm excited to learn. So what is the Association of Catholic Publishers? Uh, the Association of Catholic Publishers is a, technically it's a trade organization of the Catholic publishers in the U.S. and Canada. And that doesn't mean a whole lot to most people. So I usually say, think about doctors, think about the American Medical Association. That's kind of the relationship. Um, The AMA is the trade organization for doctors. It's where they learn. uh, And it's what we do too. It's where they learn about their field. It's where we do a little bit of advocacy on the part of the field. Uh, So we speak as an organization to other groups or to other issues that individual publishers can't speak about, but may not necessarily have the same weight or get the same amount of attention as we do. Um, We spend a lot of time helping our staff people who work for our Catholic publishers improve their skills, um, get new perspectives on what's going on in the church, uh, and and networking with each other so that they can work together. Uh, The nice thing about, I think, Catholic publishing field and it's just demonstrated in the fact that we exist, is there's a sense of collaboration that we do this as not only a ministry, but we also do this as a profession. And so those two things go along. We get to borrow the best parts of each. So that whole ministry thing of we do this, we can do this better together uh, and we can learn better together. We can support each other so that we can improve what we all do. Kind of, you know, everyone together raises all boats. It's that Mm. kind of thing. So that's a lot of what we do. And then the other part, um, a, a piece, the other big piece of it is, is I try to help as the executive director kind of spread the good news about Catholic reading and Catholic content. Um, the, you'll notice in the name, it's the Association of Catholic Publishers. We actually were formerly the Catholic Book Publishers Association. And at that time, it made sense to some extent because most of our publishers publish books. But as you know, with the advent of digital, so much has changed in the publishing environment. And so now we changed our name in 2008, and we really, I think, better represent what's really available in terms of Catholic content. So I often use the phrase that we're format neutral. So our members can publish in whatever format they they desire they that works best for the content that they're creating. And oftentimes that is multiple formats. Um, and that means that we have a, a bigger a bigger group around the table. So our members include people like the Catholic music publishers, the couple big ones. Um, Our publishers do 
publish periodicals. They publish some magazines. Some of them do uh, curriculum, those religious, big religious education books that uh, if you're a young parent, you've seen what your child brings home every Sunday or weekday whenever your parish does religious ed. That's from our publishers. Uh, plus, kind of what you would naturally think of when you go to a bookstore, those trade books that sit on the shelves at like a uh, a Barnes and Noble or your your favorite Catholic bookstore. When you mean format neutral, also you mentioned magazines and and other things. Also, without I'm I'm assuming that also goes for audiobooks. Yes, yeah, many of our publishers into audio and then video, both both very popular. We have a number of publishers that have taken more programmatic style books. Um, for example, one of our publisher members is Ascension. And they have their catechism in a year and their Bible in a year programs. They have other programs like that that have videos that go with them. And then often they have audio um, books. Um, the United States Catholic Catechism for Adults that was published by the uh, USCCB, that is in audio as well. Um, so it, it, it really truly is format neutral. If they came up with another format... <laughs> You know, in the next five years, we would Add love, yeah, our publishers would use it and they'd figure out how to make it work and how to how to get the content into people's hands. So you mentioned ministry and profession. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, the I think a lot of times we think about publishing, people immediately think about the big, like in New York, everyone going to New York and working for a big publisher and the rat race and, you know, reading books. And, and there's all of that. That's a part of the profession. And it has certain sets of skills and there's, they're very different sets of skills in like editorial and marketing and design. Um, but when you add the layer of it being Catholic publishing, you, you add this layer of people who come to this profession because they have, they have an interest in doing something that's more than just work. That's more than just a profession. They really want to be engaged in ministry and serving the people of God. So what happens is we have a lot of people, uh, especially younger adults who have come out of a Catholic college or university, they come into the field, some through academia, and they really want to take what they've learned, but also what they believe and put that into the work of publishing. And so what we get is we get this really kind of neat layer, uh, layering effect in, in Catholic publishing. You have this whole professional standards, learning skills thing, but then you have this whole other thing is that's about how do you, how are you a good minister in the church in the work that, that you do? Um, so how do you take that Thing that's a part of you and bring that into your work. And one of the most interesting conversations that I've had lately with some of our leadership has been around this question of when I hire new people, sometimes if they're not Catholic, it's really hard to teach them the Catholic part. It mm. really is. I've, I've tried to do it and it's, it's very challenging. And I think the reality is, is that there, there are certain things, you know, certain things you understand about the Catholic world, the Catholic culture. Um, and I think a really fundamental piece of that is collaboration. Um, it's that whole sense of being a community of faithful that arises out of the individual faith life that we have and, and being a participant in that community of faith um, that kind of crosses over into the profession. Because publishing in and of itself is a very competitive field. It's a highly, highly competitive field. And Watching and reading some of the professional news that comes out on a regular basis, 
it's really obvious. You've got mergers and acquisitions happening all over in the bigger publishing world. And it, it ha- it's happened in ours as well. Um, but it's all this competitive thing, very capitalist, you know, wanting to get a larger share of the pie. And in the Catholic world, that's not necessarily true. Um, so what, what's interesting is that there is a competitive side to it. There's that kind of professional side to it. But at the same time, there's this very strong sense of we are in this together. We are in this as a Catholic community. I chose to work for this publisher because I'm Catholic and I value that. And I want to be a part of a community that's working towards something bigger. Um, We have a number of our publishers, probably well over half that are mission focused, which you will not find in just the general publishing profession. Their focus is on spreading the word of God, spreading uh, the good news. Uh, And in many, many cases, it's uh, attached to or layered with a charism of a religious community. So you have a liturgical press that has that layer of the Benedictine spirituality and Benedictine perspective on on life that lens. Uh, You have Loyola, the Ignatian spirituality and that approach that um, the Jesuits take. You have have the Franciscan media, the Franciscan approach. Um, They're all there. And as a staff person, you really have to want to buy into that. And that has to really be a value because you're doing more than trying to just create the best book. You're trying to create something that's going to help somebody along in their faith journey. And that is just a really fundamental part of so many of the people who work in this profession. It's a real differentiator, too, when you think about um, publishing itself. And, and the, people who, the people who really get that and they really own it, um, I think it really, they go home every day and they feel like they've really done not only a good job, but that they've done something that they've been called to do through their baptism. And that is just such a bigger thing than the, did you have a good day, honey? Yeah, it was a great day. Got this done, blah, blah, blah. It's, I feel good about what I did because this is something I really feel called to. And we have a lot of people who will talk about how their engagement in Catholic publishing started as a sense of call. Um, So it's, that ministry part is very real and very active in this industry. It's awesome. It's it must be wonderful to work in in that space where you can, you know, obviously make a living or start a business in in this Catholic space to provide to provide for your family and also to to be able to spread the word of God and and to be able to share your faith with others. It's like a yeah. win win. It is. It is absolutely. So uh, pre podcast, you were telling me that you wanted to you have a new initiative, Catholic mm-hmm. Reads. Right. So what is Catholic Reads? Catholics Read is a it's actually a very simple online program. Um, We ask we invite people to uh, sign up for our email list. We send them out an email each week with a list of new titles uh, that are centered around a a small group of categories uh, being Catholic, spiritual reading, children and family books uh, and uh, and then give them some reasons why they might want to read this stuff. It all began largely because of this phenomenon, I think is true of a lot of Catholics in the pew, as well as Catholic professional leaders. Um, you get a catalog from one company, you buy a book, and then you're forever on, the, on their mailing list. So you're always getting that catalog. And it seems like that's the only publisher, Catholic publisher that exists. Um, I know that's happened to me. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with um, a book from the 
some liturgy training publications called Sourcebook for uh, Readers and Lectors, uh, really popular in a lot of parishes. And so a lot of people, they see this book, oh, this publisher's going to be great. But that's all they know. They don't really know that there's this larger group, this larger universe of Catholic publishing out there. So Catholics Read started as a way to say, hey, Catholics really do read. So there's a little bit of advocacy there because there's kind of this, ah, I think, misinformation out there that Catholics don't read, that we're not people who like to read books. Our Protestant brothers and sisters certainly do a lot of reading. Just look at the Christian bestsellers and it's easy to tell. And there's this kind of misguided notion that Catholics don't. And that's not true. That's not true at all. So there's that little piece of, hey, yeah, Catholics really do read. And here's what Catholics read. And here's what Catholics can read. So I, I put this out every week, as I said, this email. And we have a website called CatholicsRead.org where we kind of collect and curate this list of books. The neat thing about it is that it's, it's that curated experience of, oh, I'm looking for this kind of a book and I open a catalog, but there's nothing there because, oh, you know, I really don't want a piece of music today. <laughs> put that aside. Um, but I'm looking for something that maybe is about illness or maybe it's about growing old, aging. And so here's a place you can go and you can find titles about that because it's curated and it's across a whole group of publishers. So it's really grouped together for the benefit of you as the reader, as somebody who's looking for something. And, you know, and, and people have said to me, well, it's sort of like Amazon. I'm like, yeah, except Amazon is a swamp. I mean, it's a, it's a book swamp. I use Amazon all the There's time. There's so many. There's exactly, exactly. It's, it's this ocean of idols. And you can find Catholic stuff, but you can't always find Catholic stuff that you can depend on. And our publishers have, many of them have been in the business for decades, even centuries. We have, I believe it's three publishers now that are over a century old. Uh, and that's a wow. lot of, yeah, it's a lot of experience. Uh, it's a lot of rolling with the times and and uh, rolling with some big events in church history. Um, and so this is a curated, really authoritative collection of titles that you can go to. You can depend on them to be good quality, something that will feed your mind, feed your heart, feed your soul on a regular basis. The fun thing is that, um, okay, I'm a huge reader, but I don't get a chance to read a lot of our books. So we started a book club and sometimes I think the Catholic Street Book Club is really for me. Um, it's because it makes me read the book each month. It's just this, it's brand new. We just started it in the fall, but it's now it's another opportunity to gather people together who love to read and to talk about books that they love to read. So um, I'm really excited because the people who are facilitating it, it's not me. I invited some of my, uh, the judges for our publishing awards program to actually take a, take a month and pick a book from the list that they liked. Um, so we've got books like, we just did a book on, um, called Between Heaven and Earth, um, that is a theological book, but it's written in these short stories that focus on really diving into different stories from the gospels, um, which is so cool. We're going to be reading a book about Jane Austen and how, how Jane Austen's books, are a guide to actually good living, um, a virtuous living. It's a wonderful book. Uh, we're reading a book that we're reading a book called Joe Biden Catholicism um, in the U.S., which I think is a great, if you like politics and religion, it's going to be a great book to read. Um, but it's just this wide variety of, of stuff. 
And, and that's demonstrative of what the Catholic publishing world is about. But we, like I said, Catholics read is curated. We kind of narrow the walls. It's not this big swamp. It's a nice little pond compared to the ocean. It's a nice little pond. And, um, and every title that's in there is, is really something else. Um, one of the great assets of running Catholics read is I get to see all these titles come across my desk. And over the last year or so that we've had Catholic Read up and running, I have become absolutely obsessed with children, children's books, Catholic children's books. Uh, it is amazing what so many of our publishers are putting together. I used to teach children and I didn't even know that these books existed. So I figure I'm a good test case for kind of the theory behind why we do Catholics Read. If I don't know this, then I'm not sure a lot of people know this. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I have a young grandniece and nephew and they get all of our, uh, all of our copies of these books uh, because their mom wants to raise them Catholic and, you know, they're two and six, I think now. And, um, and there's some really amazing, amazing books out there uh, for children and families. So that's my current obsession with, with Catholic reading. I like it. So it's simple. I just go to the website of, of of the association of catholic publishers and then i look for it there somewhere and then i sign up you can you can see there's catholics read up in the nav bar you can also go directly to catholicsread.org okay so it's catholics with an s uh and that's it's a really simple website current titles is the title listing there's a link for the monthly book club when you get there you can sign up uh invite your friends too because it's it's nothing major we're not going to litter your email box with lots of annoying emails just once a week and uh and join us you know dive into the world of catholic publishing so how can someone work in the catholic publishing space i love that question because when i got into catholic publishing it was totally by chance and since i've been in this job uh, we have a thing called peer groups and one of the um Peer groups we have is women in Catholic publishing. And we met on, on Zoom like this and we were chatting. And one of the things that came out came crystal clear is that the vast majority of the women in this particular peer group had all gotten into publishing in the exact same way. Now they're from different parts of the publishing enterprise, editorial, marketing, sales, customer service, design, production, finance, totally different jobs. But what we had in common is that we were women and that most of us had not followed some really well-defined path. And we, we laughed about it because, um, you know, when you're, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a doctor, it's really our lawyer. It's a really obvious path to take. You know, you go to law school, you take, you go to med school, if you're a teacher, you, you get your subject matter degree and then you get your teaching certificate. Those are really obvious. But to get into Catholic publishing is, um, first of all, finding it, that it, knowing that it exists is, is a big mm -hmm. thing. And so I, like to kind of preach that that it does exist it's kind of like the horton here's a who thing we are mm -hmm. here we are here we are here um but there are so many different skill sets that are required to go into publishing a catholic book and it's true i think of any book but especially catholic books um it's if you are if you love literature editorial is a great place if you love business there's 
finance and there's marketing. Um, there's design. If you love to do, do design, if you love to do layout, if you love software design, production, um, there are all these different areas. If you love customers, customer service or sales, if you're a ministry person, there is a very large percentage of ministry professionals, people who started at the parish or diocese um, as a religious education director, uh, as a, a catechist even, who are now salespeople for especially like our curriculum publishers. And that's where the Catholic thing comes in. They know Catholic pastoral life. They've lived it, they've worked in it. And so they have a really good sense of what the needs are on the ground. I have no degree in marketing. The only reason I have done marketing for the majority of my life and in publishing was because I was really good at knowing what my employer did. I really understood what they did. And I understood what this other group of people out there needed. And I knew how to put those together. When I define marketing, that's how I define it. You know what the resources you got, you know what the needs are, and you put them together. Um, so there are a lot of skill sets that really, really can bring you into Catholic publishing. Mm. Um, and I, I encourage people to think about Catholic publishing because it's not a profession that's going to go away because of technology. It's not a profession that's going to go away because the cause, the need is going to get less and less and less. That's not the case. We represent the history, you know, over 2000 years um, of a church that's been vital and growing. And so Catholic publishing is always going to be here. It's going to change forms, which is cool. And it really means that we need younger people coming out of college and other work experiences to get into this field, partly because they have, they understand where where the mindset is, what the faith life is, um, what people's experience is, what they're looking for, plus the skill sets that they bring from their own education or their own um, work experience, and how to use that in a different environment that really values your Catholic faith. Um, it values really sharing that Catholic faith um, and making making that come alive, uh, really promoting that encounter with Christ, which is it, that whole notion of an encounter with Christ and accompaniment. Publishing helps do that. Um, we've heard so much about that in terms of discipleship from the bishops and now the Eucharistic revival that they're doing. Um, that whole encounter with Christ, accompanying people in that journey of faith. That's what Catholic publishing professionals do, is we create these means for that to happen. So many different professions. If I were to go through a college and look at the different schools, I could tell you every school and how they could contribute to Catholic publishing with ease. Um, so it's not, I think for a long time, people always thought, and this is true of me, I have to admit, that when I thought of publishing, I thought of editors. And I thought of, you know, those English majors who loved books, who loved to read, who loved words. And that's partly true. But even in that, there are subdivisions of different skill sets. Um, and the fact that I got into publishing is kind of makes me giggle a little bit because it's like, I never thought I'd be in this field, even though I'm a huge book lover. Um, but it's because of some skills that I have um, that I've honed in other jobs. Um, and now I can put them to the use of uh, the service of the church and, and God. And that's, that's a great thing. That's an exciting thing. Um, a few years, I, you made me, when you asked the question, you made me think of something, a project we did a few years ago, Alejandro, we created four videos, short videos about, um, what is Catholic publishing? And one of them is about people who get into this profession. And so I would encourage people to, if you, if you think you might be interested or you know somebody who might be interested, 
find the video on YouTube. It's on our channel, the Association of Catholic Publishers, um, and just take a look at it. Um, they're just it's a it's a really great video of testimonials of why people got into this profession, and what you the common thread is is that most people didn't start getting into this profession by pursuing it. They stumbled into it. Um, some they somehow found the doorway, or someone helped them find it. And so, like I said, I'm trying to spread the good news of this profession because we want to keep it vital. We want to keep it growing. We want to keep it relevant uh, to both the, the technology and the formats that are currently available and the ones in the future, um, and also continue to, to share the good news. That's not a message that ever gets old. You know, I, exploring the pages of, of these publishers, I noticed also that some of them have um, affiliate links for mm -hmm. individuals who are for, for influencers or anybody who wants to promote their books as well. So that's another option and, and ways that exactly can be part of the publishing world. You know, it's being an author. I, I remember when I was younger, I thought I want to pub, I want to write a book. I want to publish a book. And I've, I've done that a, a couple of books. Um, and I never thought, I never conceived of that what I would write would be what I actually did write and what actually did get published. So, you know, what, what you imagine and what you actually do sometimes can be very different if you kind of just follow the lead uh, that you're given. And um, that being an author is, a, is really, it's, it's a real option because there's so many different ways to author in this, uh, in this community. And, um, and more and more, we have people who are writing blogs and being influencers and doing reviews and um, and and or writing something that they don't ever think something needs to be published and then talking with someone who says, you know, you need to do this, that, and the other thing. This would be a really good book. It's amazing to me how many people who were in ministry once and they just talk about the stories of their experience that when somebody encouraged them, they put them into writing and they became a, a book that's published by one of our publisher members. That's awesome. No, it's 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 wonderful to learn about this, about the publishing world. I I myself had no idea, and you know, until I was talking to a friend about one of those best kept secrets. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it should not be a kept secret. No, give it away. Give it away. Previously, you mentioned that you guys give out some awards, some excellence awards, right? Can you tell me more about those? Sure. We have a longstanding program called the Excellence in Publishing Awards. It's an annual award program, and we're in process right now. The, we have over 200 book titles that have been submitted by our Catholic publishers that were published last year. So they're very recent, very new, by and large. And they are in the hands of our many judges. Uh, we have 16 different categories of books, everything from biographies, inspirational. We have three music categories. We have three children's categories, um, theology, Spanish, scripture, but 16 categories, uh, three judges apiece. And they're in the process right now of going through each one of those books and evaluating them. About the end of May, we will be announcing the actual winners. But before that, we kind of have an interim point, point where we also announce the finalists nice. uh, in every category. So there'll be about six to eight finalists per category uh, somewhere about end of March, beginning of April in all 16 categories. And I have to say, because all these books come into my house and come into my office and I get, go through my hands, I get a chance to look at them for a little bit of time. and each and every book is really worth taking a look at, depending upon what you're interested in. Um, there are some really big categories like inspiration, general interest, spirituality, pr 
prayer. Um, the thing that always strikes me is how usable they are. And the topics are so very time relevant. Um, but they, like I said, they'll be the finalists. It's I post a press release at our website. Um, it's usually the headline of our website too. There's links so that you can get more information about each of the titles if something really attracts your attention. Um, and I really just encourage people, if you're looking for another way to find good titles um, that are Catholic-centric, that list, the finalist list uh, in the beginning of April, and then the winners, uh, end of May, beginning of June, early June probably, um, are a great place to go to see what is truly the best in Catholic publishing across these different categories. Got it. And it, how do these 200 books are submitted? Are, but the publishers themselves, or can I submit a book? Hey, <laughs> I like the book. <laughs> You know, actually, there's no reason why you couldn't, but generally the publishers are the ones that submit them. Uh, we take, we do take uh, submissions from anyone. We've been trying to enlarge our space. So we're going to be adding a fiction category, I think next year, um, because we've just been diving in and building relationships with the Catholic fiction world, which is growing itself, but also another too well-kept secret. Um, there's a lot of good Catholic fiction out there. Um, any Anyone really can submit a book. There are different prices. It's a fairly exclusive awards program. There are others out there that are not, um, but ours is fairly exclusive. Um, every book gets a full read from their judge panel okay. um, and gets a full evaluation. So um, this is not a take a look and go, uh, no, you know, like like a swipe left, swipe right kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyone can do that. It, the award program opens and is opens at the end of each calendar year and it closes right before Christmas uh, most years. And then, as I said, the judging takes place during the first six months of the year. We'll have that in announcements of uh, finalists about around early April and um, winners in early June. The other piece I forgot to mention too is all the first place finishers then go into another round of judging for what we call the resource of the year award. And so this is, you know, think about it, 16 categories. That means 16 titles go into a judging round. Um, they're very different. It's going to, it's an, kind of an apples to oranges kind of thing. So we have some very specific criteria that try to level the playing field about that. Um, the thing that I love about that award is what really rises to the top. There were two years in a row where a resource that was for religious education of those who were, um, intellectually challenged were the, the resource that won. And I, I was so, I was surprised, but I was so proud that something that took an immense amount of work was very ministry focused, um, ended up being the best of the best. Um, and that's, that's kind of a, that's a, kind of a proud mama pat on the back kind of thing for me yeah. um, as I see this program go on is to see what truly rises to the top. Uh, and I just, I, it's a great list if you're looking for books. And since it comes in June, some of those books are great things to get uh, and to read over summer. They can be some of your really good summer reading, especially like the biographies, really in some interesting people, some contemporary folks, and then some you know, kind of your typical saint folks. Um, but lots of good stuff. Children's books that are great for kind of continuing religious education over the summer until the next religious ed or school year starts, stuff like that. Awesome, Terry. This has been amazing. And one of the closing questions I would like to ask here is, what is what is your favorite part of your Catholic faith? My favorite part of my Catholic faith is uh, Catholic music. It's been with me since I was in middle school. I've sung in music groups and choirs. 
uh, cantered for a number of years. I had a really profoundly significant mentor in college um, who really kind of helped me get past the fear of the technical part of singing. Cause I'm not a great singer, but I'm good enough uh, to, to canter. And um, I still, to this day, I, as I get music, music comes across my desk from our music publisher members. Um, I'm always like taking a copy or making a copy and going over to my piano and, and trying it out. Um, I, for me, uh, prayer and song is that's, that's just the way God moves me. And that's the way I am moved. And um, I, I, a little personal thing. My, my father died a, a few weeks ago. And um, so I've kind of grabbed a few of my favorite folios of songs that uh, just make me think of him, um, but also are kind of songs that talk about the journey and, and helping kind of be you know, through this stage of life and this healing. And um, music, Catholic music has been the thing that's helped me kind of through this grieving. Um, and it's helped me through many times in my life. So that is that's truly my favorite go-to part of my Catholic faith. Amazing. I will make sure to offer my next mass for, for your family, for your oh, thank you. for the association, for your dad. And thank you. um, it has been great, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and telling us all about the uh, Association of Catholic Publishers and what you guys do and how it functions and the high-level overview of the world. Thank you. Thank you.